Hello and welcome back to another Sensei Podcast. I'm your host, Sensei Pong. So, yeah, coming up on this podcast, I've got a whole bunch of things I'm talking about. I got like gaming news, well, sort of gaming news I kind of, I actually, I care about. Not so much like, ooh, what's the drama going down with that and this and that and boobity bop. You know, that kind of stuff. I'm not going to cover that. This is going to be a nice, kind of chill podcast hopefully long form i don't know i have a bunch of notes to go through also if you haven't noticed this is a this is going to be a completely new format and i'm going to stick to this format because i feel like it's just going to be far more entertaining you as the listener can get more out of it whatever all sorts of stuff also leave a comment down below if you're watching this on youtube or tweet at me at sensei underscore pong if you like this new format also, if you think it's a good idea, if I should be moving my podcast over to a new channel, just simply titled The Sensei Pongcast. You can actually look that up right now out on my YouTube channel at Mr. Sensei Pong on YouTube, or you can just search for Sensei Pong. And it should be on like uh, Imaginary Gamers and Friends or whatever, like my feature channels and all that good stuff. It's, it is what it is. But as of right now, there's only a playlist linking over to uh, the main channel. So, you know, yeah. Go subscribe to that if you like the idea, or, you know, if um, you like the idea of a Pongcast channel, YouTube channel dedicated to Strictly the Pongcast, let me know, please. Either way, moving on. So yeah, with this new format, it's probably going to be monthly. Hopefully this month I'm going to have two episodes up because I got a lot of fun ideas coming up in the next two months with uh, what I call Pongtoberfest, which is basically just a little maybe a couple Halloween specials and then November is interactive fiction and visual novel month so I'm gonna try to do my regular podcast and have another podcast maybe a mini pod maybe one hour maybe two hours who knows it really depends on how much content I can pull up and all that or just things to talk about talking about interactive fictions which would include text adventures and choose your own adventures out on steam and all that kind of good stuff and then I'll also be covering visual novels because you know they're all basically interactive fictions that kind of thing maybe not so much the hybrids that um i have on the list of um, notable releases because i uh, never actually heard about this game but it looked kind of intriguing if you're into srpgs or visual novels stay tuned for that as well some other things i'll be covering in this podcast will be some interesting news of possible games that are coming out soon and um in terms of like retro fans and out out there, I've got some pretty cool stuff for uh, for y'all. Some pretty exciting news. Uh, well, exciting for me. Definitely, if you're a Tempest fan, if if anybody out there remembers that arcade game, it was an Atari 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 title. But yeah. Tempest might be coming back. Well, it's coming back, and hopefully it does well. I'll get into that later. Also, some other kind of news I'll be talking about is uh, Toys R Us's money problems. And yeah, I'm not sure how many uh, video game podcasts are covering that, but I feel like it's actually kind of important to cover in terms of video game news because it's it's really quite sad. And I've got some other things. What else? Oh, so like in this new format... I'm going to be covering, I'm going to have like this little intro sequence and then go into really quickly, what have I been playing outside of the book club? And then after that sequence, I'm going to be talking about the news I care about. And I think that's what the sequence is just going to be called, like the segment. 
news I care about, you know, not necessarily news you care about or news that like people like to report on or like drama news that people like freak out over and then forget about in a week. I want to cover like news that you can get excited for news that might lift you up because honestly, this is kind of a feel good podcast and yeah, yeah, sometimes it's important to cover uh, not-so-feel-goody things, and I'm going to be talking about some of that stuff. But, you know, balance it all. But, you know, oftentimes I feel like people that listen to podcasts want something to that can engage them, but also relax and have fun with. Definitely for a gaming podcast. So hopefully we can do that with this new format that I have. After the news sequence i uh will probably have the ign news story of the month so yeah that's that's not going away anytime soon because i find that kind of fun and then after the ign news story of the month we'll be going right into the book club and cover some of the games that i had played and you hopefully played as well and enjoyed for the book club and cover the games that we be playing in the book club next time on the next podcast and after that We'll be going really quickly over some notable releases that I've found that you might be interested in, possibly dates if they're available, of when they're going to be releasing. Everything from PS4, Xbox One, PC, maybe Vita, if I can find any good ones, Nintendo Switch, Nintendo 3DS, all that good stuff. Uh, not so much on the Steam releases, only because Steam, oh balls, They've, they're, they're getting like, literally dozens to hundreds of releases each week it's just i can't keep up with it i'm not going to keep up with that if i find something notable that you might enjoy or some kind of like strange indie title that piques my curiosity i'll mention it but we won't be doing that and at the end i have another one last fun little uh segment just before we conclude this entire podcast so hopefully all this makes sense you'll see how the format goes and enjoy the show I'm saying that like I'm cutting off like this was pre-recorded, but it's not. Let's just let's just let's just move right in move move right in, move right into it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what have I been up to? But up bum bum bum. Yo Pong, what's up? What's been cracking? What's been cracking in your lack? and can't think of something witty so yeah usual things struggling with channel ideas mostly thinking of doing reviews featured games news that may become mainstay i'm unsure blah blah blah. that's kind of old hat news that's kind of a reoccurring thing for myself but something outside of gaming well (laughs) arguably outside because it's not so much gaming than game creating is i've been teaching myself programming yeah it's more fun than it sounds unless you're a tech head then yeah you'll be like "Ooh, that's that's awesome pong good for you you know yeah it's actually not that hard at least well at the degree that i'm going at it's not hard because i'm not doing anything complicated i'm no guru here i'm no code guru Uh, all the the first project i did you can actually um find it out on itch.io because i um, (laughs) i put it for i put it out for free on itch.io I translated an old 1978 uh, basic game that was featured in a, a computer magazine that you may or may not know. I forget what it was called. Computing. This is like, oh, it's before my time, but yeah, I'm not that old, uh, so I don't, you know, my my roots to 
that kind of retro isn't so keen. But there, you know, I I still had friends growing up that wrote everything in BASIC and taught themselves BASIC and all that. So it always fascinated me, and I never got into it because I was telling my computer teacher when I was in middle school, I was like, "Yo, I want to." You know, so can you help me? I'm I'm gonna try to learn BASIC. Is that a good idea? And he he looked at me. He was like, "Yeah, that wasn't used. That that's been stopped for years." You should really learn something more like JavaScript or uh, C or C++. That's that's where real programming comes in. I was like, oh, okay. That's good to know. I was like, yeah, it's a lot more complicated. But you can try it if you want. I, I don't know too much about that. I was like, all right. So either way, my struggles with that hasn't been that bad. I, I translated the basic game into Batch because I figured, okay, well... Let's let's try to get my ideas in like my my head around how programming works, how computer programs and just computers work in general, and try to tackle something easy. And batch what batch it was because batch is easy. And once you make a batch file, it just opens up in a command prompt. And I figured that would be a perfect translation for something that was from 1978 out on a basic computer like a you know like the the mold like. The, the, the kind of computers that ran BASIC as a standard thing where you can just make your own programs and everything, you know, like line 10, <laughs> line 20, go to 10, and then cause a loop. Um, but yeah, no, it's called Bombs Away, or um, my version is called Super Bombs Away Blast Edition because I added quite a bit of stuff to it. Go check it out if you're interested, or if you like text adventures. It's not, it's not anything to, like, really be impressed by. Because I can I can give away the source code for free if you'd like, and just you can you can look at my um my code and realize wow, Pong you you don't know what you're doing. But good job, you got it working at least. So if 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 you want to look at the source code, please leave a comment down below. I can I don't care. It's it's technically all freeware anyway. So I just basically revamped freeware. So that that's been fun. Um, what am I gonna try to teach myself? You know, after all this, because I kind of want to actually learn a practical, like a real practical language outside of Batch. Because Batch is slowly being replaced by PowerShell. So, you know, mm. will Batch ever actually ever go away? I'm not sure. Probably not anytime, like real soon. But PowerShell seems to be where it's at with a lot of programmers. So I'll probably have to teach myself that if I really want to get into like the nitty gritty scripting. I know this is like the most boring talk for like to start a gaming podcast, but this is what I've been doing. I'll probably teach myself Python because Python is apparently pretty easy. <laughs> um, and I've studied a little bit at this point now. I'm going through code, uh, CodeCademy.com. And uh, I think Khan Academy 2 does this as well for free. But it's not bad. I think I can find all the materials I need online for free. It shouldn't be that bad. As long as I really set like certain projects for myself. It should, out, it should work out pretty well. Um, check my notes. Oh, well, anyways, the reason why I have been doing this is because I've mentioned this before. I mean, I'm trying to I'm trying to create an interactive fiction game, and I don't want to like get into too much detail on what that is because it's a good idea. It's actually a brilliant idea. I've played a lot of interactive fictions, and I know what I kind of know what makes a good interactive fiction. And I don't want this idea stolen, so, you know, I'm not going to go into detail about it. So even if you ask me, I'm not going to say. I'll just be like, "Yeah, I'm working on it." At least mapping it out in my head and writing down some ideas and all that. But mind you, hopefully this uh, com- this game that I'm working out comes out late next year because it's it's going to be huge because I want to make it huge. Anyways, let's move on. That's boring. So what games have I been playing outside the book club? 
Well, I've been back. I'm back on Has Been Heroes for the Nintendo Switch. It is available on um, the Steam, PC, probably PS4, Xbox One. Yeah, it's good stuff. I I don't know why I uh, came back to it. Well, I do know why because it's fun and I enjoy the game loop. And I've progressed quite a bit farther than what I did before. I'm still struggling with it because it is pretty. Sometimes it just feels like uh, you can't beat the boss. There's some bosses in the game that randomly show up because it is a roguelite that are just so, so difficult. But I enjoy that. I enjoy that difficulty, and I've been progressing, so it's not like I'm not, like, getting stuck. I've unlocked a couple more people. I um, unlocked the pugilist guy, the big guy right after the bard. Who do I like at the moment from the real basic guys before unlocking everybody? Because I haven't unlocked everybody. I haven't played that much. The combo I like doing is, of course, the rogue, because you don't have a choice for that. Maybe the bard and maybe the pugilist. I, or maybe the monk. I mean, the, the, the knight. The knight guy. Not so much the monk. I don't really like the monk. I think it's mostly just because the bard and the monk tend to have, like, low attack stats. And I think that's what, like, stops me from, like, really using them a whole lot. It's like they're only there for tactical reasons reasons and spells. So, I don't know. But has been here is still pretty fun. And I feel like it's a very underrated game, and I might have to make a video about it. I don't know. <laughs> everything is like a... Everything in my head is like, I should probably make a video about that. And I 99% of the time, I never do. What else have I been playing? My note says, go into my roguelikes and... RPG uh, folder of games because basically <laughs> for um, a recent video I just posted the differences between roguelikes and roguelites and why basically why I hate the term roguelite I've been playing a lot of rogues a lot so let's just go straight down the list outside of um, Dream Quest which is on the video game book club I've been playing a little bit of Ang Band played a little bit of Brogue played a little bit of Crawl played a little bit of um, 20XX played a little bit of um, Dead Pixels played a little bit of Downwell played a little bit of uh, Hyper Rogue played a little bit of FTL didn't dive too much into FTL because if I do that like I would get sucked right into it and play for hours Play a little bit. Uh, played a little bit of Lost Castle. Played a little bit of Overture, which is kind of a weird, kind of um, essentially an asset swap twin stick shooter. Um, played a little bit of Quest of Dungeons. Played a little bit of Rogue Legacy. Played a little bit of Sanctuary RPG. What else have I played? <laughs> played a little bit of um, this uh, fan game I found called um, Doom Roguelike, which is pretty cool. Another one called Snake-like, which is out on um, Itch.io, which is basically like a snake-rogue hybrid. Played a little bit of this weird um, game I found called Pac-Net. I don't want to get into too much detail about all these other ones, like these funny like fan-type games that are based off other series, because I one other thing I've been working on, <laughs> like in my head, I haven't written the script yet, but I don't feel like it would take too long, is I'm, I want to make like a list video of um, all the weird roguelikes I've found, because I found a bunch. And if you're going to say, oh, are these like fan-made games or whatever just done in the style of a roguelike? Yes, it is. And is and the big question you're probably asking yourself is, is there a My Little Pony mod or roguelike game? Because the the internet rule is if there's a fan game or fan art of it, 
There's probably a My Little Pony version of it, and yes, yes there is. I, <laughs> I haven't played it yet, but it's on my list. I just it, There's just so many games I'm playing at the moment, and so little time, because I, uh, I work a full-time job and have five kids, so, you know, I... Uh, can take what I can I can I, I take what I can get but <clears throat> yeah it's 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 <laughs> but from what I've seen from the My Little Pony roguelike it actually looks better than it sounds so I'm really quite interested oh I played a little bit of the original rogue as well still terrible at that game <laughs> oh yeah that's that's all the roguelikes I've been dabbling in. Some more than others. I played a bit more of uh, Brogue than the others because that one's really good. If you're into like really old school ASCII art roguelikes, try to find Brogue. It's not like as deep as like some other games, so it's a nice pick pick up and play. No, like pick up and play. Yeah, pick up and play <laughs> kind of game. But yeah, go check it out. It's really good. Twenty XS twenty. 20XX is also really good, so go check that out. They uh, finally did a full release, and I didn't know about it. But um, I only just recently discovered that it was fully released. So I'm going to have to make a video about 20XX at some point. At some point. Because I made a video like two years ago, you know, doing like a first impressions on like the original like beta that was out in early access on steam and i was like oh man this is freaking amazing and i hedged my bets and i was looking at it i was like well either i'm going to support the kickstarter for a uh, mighty number no. nine or su support the early access for uh 20xx and i made the right choice i didn't fall i didn't drink the kool-aid on this one i made the right choice 20xx is an amazing game it's basically what would you get if you get Mega Man x in a procedurally generated Mega Man x style game and that's all it is. It's really good. Uh, they've added a lot of things since I originally started playing. They added, um, they they made better graphics. They've changed the hub world. They've changed. Uh, I th I want to say they added a whole bunch of items. They've um, they've changed quite a bit. I like it, and they brought back the difficulty settings, which is nice. Not just like easy, well, like casual hard. You know, it's not just like that. It's pretty good stuff. I like it. Oh yeah, Dungeatrice. That's another one I played a little bit of. Not too much. That one doesn't grab me as much as, like, the other games. Uh, one thing that's been taking up, eating up a lot of my time on the Switch, I haven't picked up Mario uh, plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Even though I really want to, I just don't have the money for it at the moment. I really want to. But I had I had to make a choice, like, a few weeks ago. Be like, well, either am I, am I going to get this or, you know... Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Sonic Mar uh, Sonic Mania and Sonic Mania 1 so you know yeah I've been playing a lot of that so the two games I've been playing a whole lot on my Switch outside of Hasman Heroes which I just recently picked up again in the last week because I like that kind of game is Sonic Mania and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe oh my gosh the mania has hit me and took over my life for about a week Sonic Mania is easily one of my favorite Sonic games. I'm not sure if I can clearly say it's the best Sonic game ever made or 2D Sonic game ever made, but it's, oh, it's very close. It is so very close. I also, oh, there was another game I jumped back into, Puyo Puyo Tetris, because I've been needing a break from, like, roguelikes and RPGs and 
my personal life has been kind of a mess, so I've been like, oh man, I need to like relax with something I can just relax to, and Puyo Puyo Tetris is where it's at. I finally um, sat down and beat the the main campaign. Took me a while, only because I haven't like really put that much time into it. I've been playing it relatively casually and just enjoying it as it is. But yeah, I got kind of addicted to that for about two weeks. I'll probably jump back into that as as I do with puzzle games. I get like addicted to them for like a week or two, maybe a month, and then I stop for like a week or two or a few months, and I jump right back into it, warm up for a day, and then like just go all balls into it. It's it's a terrible addiction. Puzzle games are the best. I've also been watching uh, m- my wife Muka play, uh, well, replay Final Fantasy VIII because uh, apparently she played it like a, several times in the past. But she's replaying it. It's it's pretty good. I never actually re- um, played Final Fantasy VIII all the way through, so I really, well, actually, no, I haven't really. No, eight's the one I never really actually played. Yeah, I, I really don't know much about eight, but a lot of people say eight's the best. I know what y'all are gonna say. No, seven's the best. You know, but eight is supposed to be really good, and from what I've seen, it looks really good. I like the I like the weird little card game thing that goes on in there. She was like, "Yo, Fred, I need help with this. Help me out. You you play a lot of card games." I was like, "Okay," and she taught it to me in like one minute. I was like, "Oh, I get this. This is easy. I like this kind of stuff. This is this is fun." So yeah, that's that's what I've been playing outside of the book club. There's probably more things on that list as I as I tend to uh, jump back and forth between a lot of games, but. Let's jump right into the news I care about. So first off, we're going to be talking about a few games that have um, released and are quite intriguing, I think would intrigue you. There's this game out on PC Steam called West of Loathing, which I've never actually played, but has like some of the best review scores I've seen. And it's it's a stick figure animation RPG, but apparently it's super deep, like in terms of mechanics and things you can dive into, side quests. And the the writing is actually hilarious, absolutely hilarious. So if you enjoy things like the South Park RPGs, like Stick of Truth, you'll probably enjoy that. So that's something that I'm going to have to pick up. For my retro fans out there, like I said earlier, Tempest. Tempest 4000 is a go. Jeff Minter, one of the brainchilds behind Tempest and creator of Tempest 2000 on the ja- uh, Atari Jaguar, is back on it with Atari and has announced that they're working on Tempest 4000. And there's been some leaked footage of it out on the internet. So if you want to go check that out, Tempest 4000 is coming out this year. And I'm really, really hoping it comes out on the Switch because I can I can see that being a nice like mobile game as well. Just like for the Switch, being, being able to play it at work, being able to play it in the potty, you know, that kind of stuff. I want that. I want that. And in terms of Jaguar games, if you're curious about Tempest 2000, if you're if you're a Jaguar fan, you know you, and you don't have Tempest 2000, I, you don't have a good collection. You don't you don't. That's one of the best Jaguar games. So go find that. I I, I am ordering you because I love Tempest 2000. I just love the Tempest series. It's just it's a good it's a good like arcade shoot 'em up, and you'll recognize some of the graphics because it was the original Tempest was a vector. Like vector-based graphics, uh, graphics t- uh, tube shooter. Tube shooters aren't really a thing anymore. Um, another tube shooter I can think of off the top of my head was Gyrus, which is really good. I want to say that was a Taito, Taito, Taito-made game. But if you're into um, like old-school shmup, like shoot 'em ups, not shmup, that's not so much shmups, but like shoot 'em ups, and you're into Mame, look up Tempest. 
it's good either way. <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm excited for that. It's it's due for release later this year on PS4, Xbox One, PC. Man, I'm really hoping for a Switch. So, apparently there's also some other bit of news with Angry Joe versus his audience taking a break and all that. This is old hat news. And you know what? You know what's real funny about this kind of old hat, like, drama news? Yeah, it's been a few weeks. You don't care about it anymore. <laughs> so, whatever. It, it is, it's a thing that happened. Whatever. Do I hold anything against Angry Joe about it? No, of course not. Guy needs to take a break. If he needs a break, he needs a break. Give him a break. <laughs> so let's let's just move on to something actually that really quite fascinating. There's a dude called Francois, uh, named Francois Lionette. Lionette. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Francois Lionette, creator of Amos and Stos, which was a programming language based off of Basic and a game engine where you can create your own games and all sorts of different kind of stuff. But I'm I'm an avid listener of this other podcast called The Retro Hour, which is a weekly one-hour podcast you should probably listen to if you're into retro games. But if you did listen to that, you know about this already, but he's working on another Amos. Or Amos. Amos. Not Andy. Amos. <laughs> that's, a, that's a dated joke. But um, I'm, I don't have any experience with Amos. I've, 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 I want to say I've heard about it. But it's not something I have a lot of experience with or, like, have really seen in work of. But there were a few games that were made on Amos that were um, relatively popular, like, indie titles on PC. So I'm... Or, like, well, just personal computers in general. Ones. And it's supposed to be super easy to build with. If you're into game engines or making your own games or if you have any inclination to be um, a game creator or developer, by any means... I'll uh, I'll try to stay on top of this kind of news on when uh, Francois Leonette is going to be done with uh, his new version of Amos that he's uh, currently trying to work on. So there's not enough info at the moment because he's not he he was I think he's working with a publisher and he I'm not sure if he was allowed to like really talk go into detail about it, but it's pretty cool. Something funny that happened in the last month was. A guy got Windows 95 to work on an Apple Watch. That was pretty funny. That was, that was pretty good stuff. <laughs> Which means, hypothetically, you can play Doom on that or Wolfenstein. Play Doom on everything. Play Wolfenstein on everything. You know, Duke Nukem. I think he was running Duke Nukem. But how well you can do that on an Apple Watch, I don't know. But it reminded me of something that happened last year with the 3DS running Windows 95. I don't remember if that was actually a hoax or not, but that's pretty cool. If uh, you can get that to work, I don't know what the the actual internal specs are on a 3DS, because I'm not sure if the, like the like the actual processor architecture or like the the OS would like really be able to emulate a 95 that well. It's just like if it was another like PC based thing, like oh I got Windows 95 to work on an Xbox or Xbox 360 or Xbox One, you know, maybe that's not too impressive because those are basically PCs in a box. But <laughs> still funny. Thought that was cool. Go look it up. It's it's quite entertaining. Uh, something uh, another game release that's piqued my curiosity is IGN reports LA Noir is coming out with a remake with all the DLC on all major consoles, including the Switch. 
I'm assuming some of the other consoles will have their own special exclusives and all that, and the Switch will have uh, touch mechanics and HD rumble, etc. I thought that was pretty cool. I am excited to play that because that is one game I never actually touched in the Rockstar Library. I've seen Let's Plays, well, not like full Let's Plays, but I've seen a little bit of Let's Plays, and I was super excited about that game before it came out. I never got to play it because that was in like my dark time when I couldn't really play that many games. And maybe someday I'll go into that. It's not as bad as it sounds. On the reasons why I had a dark period, but it's also the same reason why I never, uh, why I couldn't start my YouTube channel like back in 2007, 2008, when I actually wanted to, and ended up having to start like eight years later when it was way too late. Now I'm like playing catch up, but maybe I'd have at least 300 subscribers if I had started in 2008. <laughs> Yes, I set my goals low. That way, you know, I don't get disappointed. <laughs> Anywho, yeah, no, L.A. Noir. I'm I'm excited to play that on Switch. Yeah, maybe it's not a kid's game for my kids to pick up, but I want to play it. I need to play it. Give it to me now. So that's pretty cool. I'm assuming the the cost is going to be like $60 because they're... You know, it's, there can't be that much development into it. It's just like, yo, let's get the B team to port it over, beef up the graphics, and throw some specials on it. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. But I'm excited. I think it's due for next year. Look out for that if you're into uh, L.A. Noir or Rockstar-type games. Sad news. Toys R Us is $5 billion in debt. $4 million to be paid before the end of this year, or they might have to file for bankruptcy. According to the article I read, they're in work with a law firm called Kirkland & Ellis to help them sort things out financially. Oh, Toys R Us. I knew they were on the ropes for years. I knew they'd been struggling for years. It's just I didn't realize it was $5 billion in debt. There is no way they're going to be able to pay that off and a short period of time i'm not even sure if they can pay off the four million dollars i only see this ending really bad for toys r us and it's really sad because there's no other to- store like toys r us at least in my area in the northwest i know my profile says i'm in antarctica but yo let's get real for a second i live in i live in the united states if you haven't figured that out, <laughs> man, I would hope you'd figured that out. Oh, yeah, the eclipse was cool. I saw that. It was pretty tight. Um, <laughs> I know I'm changing the subject, but the eclipse was pretty cool. Yeah, that happened as well. Yeah, a lot of things have happened. Um, go on my YouTube channel, Sensei Pong, and uh, go into the featured channels. Look for Birdie Berry, who's my sister, and she should be posting a video with some edited footage of the eclipse, hopefully sooner than later. She tends to get very, like, nitpicky about this kind of stuff. So maybe that's what's taking so long. Oh, I know she has a lot of footage, so she's trying to go through all that as quickly as possible, and she's she's a busy person, so and she's got a lot of projects on the back burner because of it. Anyways, yeah, the eclipse was pretty cool. I liked that. Literally only, like, 10 miles, well, no, not 10, like, literally only 25, 30 miles away from, like, full um, full coverage, you know, of the sun. So, yeah. I didn't have to fly anywhere to go see it. It was like right at my door. Pretty cool stuff. I took some pictures. It's posted on my Twitter. The pictures are terrible. Don't even bother looking for it. (laughs) Oh yes, but so back to Toys R Us. I've recently got into Toys R Us. And 
At least a Toys R Us in my area seems to do well for what they are. They have enough people coming in and out. They don't have like the same kind of crowds that they used to that I remember back in the 90s, but they still have, you know, a decent sized crowd where I can see a store of that size be financially viable. Maybe that's why that one hasn't closed down, because it actually sells things. But man, I really hope Toys R Us doesn't go out of business because their selection of toys and board games and card games, yeah, they don't have the like the weird crazy games that like board game shops would have. And luckily I'm in an area where it's like not too big but not too small where I don't get like, you know, game shops that are like specialty game shops. I see, I get those. I get I have a lot of retro game shops in my area, so you know, I get that a lot too and there's some good like thrift stores as well. So yeah, I'm in a I'm in a decent area for shopping for games and toys. But in terms of like just the amount of size and things you can get at Toys R Us, it's pretty cool. You should walk into a Toys R Us at some point before they go out of business. <laughs> just maybe like one last time. Unless they have a going out of business sale, then definitely go in there because, you know, I'm sure everything's going to be like 50% off or more because they're just going to have to try to get rid of their entire stock, which is still incredibly sad to think about. Damn. Man, that... I don't know how I'm going to break this kind of news to my kids, man. Like, yeah, I've broken, like, actual serious sad news to my kids before, but, and I'm not stupid about it. I'm, uh, you know, I may be a flake. I may act like an, uh, like a idiot, but honestly, I'm, I'm an, I'm an all right father, but, uh, oh, they're going to, this is going to be something in their memory that they remember. I remember when Toys R Us was a thing. That makes me sad, man. That's like. It's like, uh, what is that? It's like, but Toys R Us wouldn't be coming back. Like, some of the things that have disappeared since I was a kid, like the arcades. Uh, yeah, okay, so yeah, I was recently in Toys R Us. And they have, like, a pretty decent selection. They you know, Walmart can't get anywhere near them. There's a chain in my area, which is which is now owned by Kroger. And I think that's going to be their downfall, downfall. But Fred Myers, which is a Northwest brand i think there's one in alaska like anchorage and yeah they have they, they they've shrunk their toy department at least in my area but i think it's a store by store like basis but no department store you can think of in my area or like any department store i can think of that's maybe not like a a, a famous toy store like in new york city like bimbles or something or whatever it was called can match what toys r us does Maybe it's like bad management, upper management, and all that, but there's just too much competition. You want that Tickle Me Elmo? Just go to Walmart. I know Tickle Me Elmo is dated as all balls, but you know what? Tickle Me Elmo. We're going to use that. Why would you go to Toys R Us, pay $20, when you can just go to Walmart and pay 15 I don't know what the price is for Tickle Me Elmo. I'm sure it's more, but you know what I mean. They just can't keep up. They At least the one in my area has a decent Amiibo selection as well, which isn't too surprising these days but you know it's sad let's actually let's 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 keep riding this depression train how many people are employed by toys r us let's look this up it's really easy to look this kind of stuff up because the, the magic of the internet they've got over 1500 locations stores and roughly 62,000 employees damn they've been around since 1948 Ah, it's going to be sad to see them go. 
I have a lot of memories about Toys R Us. I remember the days when um, the video games were like all the way in the back and locked up in cases. or just Actually, I remember the days when they were just hanging on the clips and the hooks until they realized, oh, people steal this crap. <laughs> we should lock it up. <laughs> that was like back in the late 80s, early 90s. I remember that. Yeah, of course, I didn't think about that until I was older. Because, you know, I'm a kid, I'm like, ooh, games! And I remember all the, the demo stations that you can play. And, like, the when the Super Nintendo first came out and the Genesis was big and the N64 came out. I remember the Pikachu uh, station, like the... Not the Pikachu station, the Pokemon Snap stations. Oh, man, Toys R Us was always a ball to go to when I was a kid. And even now, they're actually still pretty cool to go to with the kids. Because sometimes they hold events and things. I've been pretty bad about going to those events because I tend to like go and it's like, oh, it finished like two hours ago. I'm like, dang it. My kids are like, oh, I'm like, okay, well, we can all just get something small. All right. And they're like, yay. My whole plethora of kids. Last event I uh, made it to was Pokemon Day. That was pretty cool. That was last year. Last event I successfully sort of went to. Yeah, I was late, but they still had some Pokemon stuff. So we got, we got Pokemon stuff. That was cool. But anywho... I'm reminiscing too much on Toys R Us. Let's let's bring it back up to something, some funny news I found about a game releasing. George Orwell's Animal Farm may be coming to PC as a game, as an adventure tycoon game. Tycoon, the tycoon part will manage the farm while the adventure dictates the outcome of the characters. Yes, I'm reading directly from my notes. Give me a break. What do I think of this? There's not enough information on this, but I thought it was I thought it was fascinating. I've read Animal Farm. I love George Orwell. Uh, he's it's an old it's a really old book. It's a if you don't if you're not familiar with Animal Farm, it was basically a satirical critique on Stalinistic Russia, and um, some of the characters represented like Trotsky and like Lenin and like oh man oh, what was his name Napoleon represented Stalin and. Uh, they were trying to throw down the, the oppression of the farmer. And Stalinist Russia had just, like, communist Russia had become just as bad as the dictators before. Worse or not, it's hard to tell because they were just as bad. And it was, it was the, the horse character was really sad. I'm not going to spoil it for you, but if you're into, like, satirical critiques on society, go read George Orwell, Orwell's Animal Farm. Maybe on Audible, if you if you don't want to read and want to listen to an audiobook. No, this podcast is not brought to you by Audible.com. Audible.com slash not the Sensei Podcast. Definitely not sponsored by the Sensei Podcast. The worst promo code ever. Hashtag hit on them dabber. Dab on them. I mess it up. Dab on the haters. I don't, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not hip with the kids. Give me a break. <laughs> Oh yes, by the way, this podcast is not brought to you by anyone. It's brought to you by me. <laughs> I've been wanting to say that for some time, but never got to it because I always thought the joke was stupid. <laughs> oh, what other kind of news have been coming out? Bethesda and 2K game mods and 2K's hate for game mods. So there was some debacle with um, 2K banning, um, I forget the names of the modding programs, but like not supporting mods for Fallout 4, and then people, like, basically review-bombed the crap out of Fallout 4. Let's see if the damage is still there. I think it is. Let's see, let's see. Oh, the PC prices dropped down to 30 bucks. Yep, over... It's, <laughs> oh, ouch. It's still bad. Recent reviews, 16% positive. Yep, 
in the last 30 days. That's a 2 gigabyte patch to add paid mods. Cool. Zero support for poor engine performance on PC. Zero support for ultra-wide monitors. Indie games are better at releasing finished products. Disappointing, to say the least. Yes, there are many community mods that allow this game to run and look better. Yes, I can change the resolution manually to the .nii file. Just don't expect people to buy this game and receive any patches to fix this stuff anytime soon. If you like to manually mod the crap out of the game, get to work on your machine, this game is for you. I'm reading some reviews here, if you haven't guessed that. I was forced to use mod and try to improve the dialogue system, but still very limited. It's also hard to roleplay because the main character's origin and morales are clearly defined. Well, that sucks. I wonder if that's actually true, not just hate. Finished and up to some extent loved all Fallout games up till now. Stuck at this one because of pure boredom. Lost interest in the story. 160 plus, hour, uh, plus hours easily accumulate when you go away on multiple occasions and leave the game running. It's, it's a pretty bad FPS and some weak RPG elements and a boring story. I tried to give it one more chance, but I apologize if I offended someone with my review. No need to be rude. Heart, 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 heart. The Creation Club. Enough said. Paid mods are... Heart, 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 heart. This game is terrible. Fallout game with so much ripped out. Sad. Anyways, yeah, what was going on? So they banned mods. And you might think to yourself, why would you do that? That only lengthens and lengthens the life of a popular game. Look at Skyrim. Yes, look at Skyrim. Skyrim is only alive because of the mods, and people love modding. Yes, it's a good game, but, you know, good games don't last forever. and Because new games come out. Unless you can constantly mod it and have endless, almost endless or near endless replay value. So, that's the only reason why people keep playing the same game for years and years and years. Maybe it's a mechanic that people like, or there's just a billion mods. It's what it is. So, anyways, what was the point of this? So, what happened was, um, they banned mods, and then within, like, days, they brought mods back and said, Okay, just kidding. Just kidding. Because the the system they had uh, put into place for it was... Um, no, no, I'm thinking about Rockstar Games. Rockstar did the same thing, yeah. But there, it's all it's all um, umbrellaed by 2K. So really throw your hate towards 2K, but neither Bethesda or Rockstar are really innocent in this because they'd probably be okay with it too, which is sad to think about. But either way, one way or the other, they try to bring in this paid mod system where you can... Um, pay for the mods with an in-game currency that you had to buy and all that kind of stuff. You couldn't get it in the game and all that. It was ridiculous. And then they brought brought it back with the Creation Club alongside free mods. But the problem with the Creation Club is, yeah, it's not a... I don't, I don't really have a bad, like, bad feeling about paying for mods as long as they're high quality. Or if there's no free mod, that's better than it. Because then you're not really trying. And... And the one, the one big like example that people are using, you can find this on Jim Sterling's channel as well. And I heard about it first on the Co-optional podcast. Was uh, the Hellfire armor, which, if you look at, if you compare like side by side, the free mod for the Hellfire armor versus the mod that you have to pay maybe like five bucks for for the Hellfire armor, the paid one that you have to pay for d- looks terrible in comparison. It's like. They didn't even try with that. They're just trying to make a quick buck. And it's just, it's kind of gross <laughs> to think that they were going to replace all these amazing mods for games with crap that you have to pay for. It's like, 
what what are you doing why would you do this you're shooting yourself in the foot you're getting bad press i don't know why they it's got to be some corporate head that's thinking to himself no this is a brilliant idea think of the money you know and maybe the devs are no back in their heads but can't say anything like no they're gonna hate us if we do this and they have to do it because their boss is telling them to Maybe Bethesda and 2K and Rockstar are just getting too big for their britches. They need to pull back a little. Hopefully this isn't like a for set in stone thing with Fallout 5 and they learn their lesson. But I don't think that's going to happen. I hate to be the cynic. I hate to be, you know, the pessimistic parry here. But like, corporate heads are arrogant. They don't they don't usually change their mind. If they have If they have a system that they know sort of works and they like it, it's probably not going to change and it's going to destroy the company. Hey, hey, look at that. L look, <laughs> I can just pull out pretty much almost any example where uh, a corporate head or a CEO has almost tanked a company. Yeah, it's happened in the past. It's not happening again. Not really anything new unless, you're, unless you've never really paid attention to this kind of stuff and you're like, why are they doing this? This is so stupid. Yeah, it is stupid, but it's a thing that happens. <laughs> and... I hate to see it because Fallout and Skyrim and Rockstar's games like Grand Theft Auto are all great. What's going to happen? I don't know. They still make pretty good games. So hopefully they, they don't destroy a franchise in the process of this of these growing pains. I know they're big, but you know, uh, big companies. But they're, they're, they've reached a size where now they're feeling growing pains once again. $200 from its price down to $599, essentially $600, which uh, Laura K. Buzz out on her website, Let's Play Video Games, summed it up better than I've, I ever could. It's only a little less too expensive for anybody that actually wants it. Just l only a little bit out of reach, instead of being stupidly out of reach. <laughs> so, you know, if you got the money to throw around and really want to play Job Simulator, Go right ahead. It's dropped down two hundred dollars, and it's only six hundred dollars now. <laughs> Maybe super super hot VR. I heard that's really good. I, I don't have a VR system. I only have like a cheap like a uh, gear that you can shove a phone into. Which reminds me, I actually got a controller for my oldest son, like a Bluetooth controller that can hook up to a tablet that I just got him. He's at the age where you know it's absolutely fine to be throwing. He's he's above the age of ten, so you know. Oh, he really wanted a laptop, and I wanted to get him a laptop because he wants to get into coding. And since I'm getting into coding, you know, I figured, oh, well, this could be a nice little, you know, teaching experience. And there's some coding apps and stuff on Android, so I got him a cheap tablet. A decent tablet, actually, from Walmart. Walmart did not sponsor this. It was pretty good. It's not bad. It's by RCA, so it's probably built pretty tough. But you know, with, like, a lot of RCA products in the past... They never make the best thing, but they make a, a decent, cheap product. So, you know, I was like, dude, I'm an RCA homeboy here. <laughs> I'm glad to see them making things again. <laughs> and, like, their company was never struggling. Let's be honest. Their company was never struggling. They always get that low end of the market. But with this, with that Bluetooth controller and my, um, my uh, smartphone and the little cheap headset that I got, I, I, I might actually start getting into VR because there is a Virtual Boy emulator out there, and if you do it right, you can, you can make it work on a phone with a headset and the controller and just have a better experience than the original um, 
Virtual Boy because those Virtual Boy emulators, um, you can have the choice of having it all in red and burn your eyes in like two minutes, or you can also go straight into black and white, which is nice. So, you know, maybe I can actually play the Virtual Boy for longer than two minutes at my, uh, than what it was. <laughs> it's fun. What, what other crap do I have written in my notes? We'll probably set up a Virtual Boy emulator, check... Fuse Code Studio on Switch. Okay, that's that's what it was. Yeah, I, I noted this as well because I was thinking about my son and teaching him pro um, basic programming and all that because he wants to get into like game making and making things for computers and wants to know how computers work. And of course, there's some free stuff you can get on the internet. There's some free stuff you can get on you know Android. But I wanted something that's maybe easier for his age. Maybe something that'd be really easy for him to just jump right into. And apparently, there's this thing called Fuse Base, uh, Fuse Code, Fuse F U Z E Code Studio. That's which is coming out on the Switch, summer of 2018. Which uh, remind me a lot of this other thing. And I did a quick search because it's on the 3DS called Simple Basic. And uh, the article I found this mentioned it as well. I was like, oh, yeah, 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 let's look that up. I don't have it on the 3DS, but it basically uses basic programming, and you can make your own games in basic, which is really easy to pick up. It's, it really doesn't have that much application these days, but it gets you a good idea of how programming works to some degree. And apparently Fuse Code Studio and Fuse Basic, their version of basic, can support like 2D and 3D relatively easily. So keep an eye on that if you want to like just make your own weird homebrew title on the Switch because that will be releasing next year, summer 20 of 18, 2018. I'm excited for that. I want to actually look that up, maybe pick it up, get my kids into it, teach them how to program. That'd be, that's cool. I'm excited. Anything to make uh, the gaming systems educational, I'm cool with that. And as long as it's fun, <laughs> you know, it's not all educational games are fun. Let's be serious here. And not all educational games are actually educational. <laughs> so I'm kind of I'm kind of curious about that one. Didn't get it for the th didn't get Simple Basic for the 3DS because my oldest son isn't as big of a fan of the 3DS as like my younger kids. But he's more into the computer and he's now really into the Switch. But like he's he's always been like a like if he had the choice between any of the systems that I own or have access to or he has access to at you know, anywhere else. He, he likes computers. Because I think he sees the power in being a PC player. So, yeah. Eh, our cool stuff. Oh yeah. And finally, in my news I care about. This is kind of sad news. But I think it needs to be mentioned. The IGN. IGN. News story of the week. According to IGN, Jaden Smith will star in a new Netflix anime, Neo Yokio. I didn't read the article because I don't care, but doing some quick, like, skim reading, it looks like they've got a good set of animators. They've got the um, a guy that worked on Ranma and Half, uh, some Marvel guys, so at least the art will look good, you know, that kind of stuff. I, I ain't going to pass judgment on this, you know, just because Jaden Smith is kind of weird and all that, but you know what, Netflix does produce some pretty good stuff, so I can see that being pretty good, maybe, possibly. Not exactly excited, though. There's a podcast that I listen to that uh, covers a lot of anime, called the Anime Summit Podcast, 
They're not necessarily for the faint of heart, but they are absolutely hilarious, and they cover a lot of anime. There's also another one called The Weebcast, which doesn't, um, as of recent, doesn't uh, post as many episodes as Anime Summit, so if you're into anime, listen to both of them. I'm not, like, super into anime or anything, but definitely popular animes. I watched some stuff that both of them recommended, and I'm happy I did, because they were really good. I'm, go I'm just going to wait for Anime Summit to rip them apart, or praise them if it's good. So yeah, there's your IGN News Story of the Week. Jaden Smith will star in a new anime on Netflix. Neo Yokio. Set your timers for that. There's no uh, set date for this, but set your, set your, set your schedules for that, because either i think if if the show is absolute garbage best case scenario we can hope for is the memes will be juicy i don't know there's not much to this ign news story it was it was, it was poor poor journalism poor journalism there wasn't much but that's the gaming news story of the week gaming gaming this is a gaming podcast remember that jaden smith netflix anime Hashtag Netflix, Netflix anime, Jaden Smith. Yeah, get that trending in there. But yeah, I, I guess it's I guess it's about time for the book 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 club book club book book club book club book club of the month. So yeah, so this month we play Dream Quest Metroid Two: Samus Returns. Uh, let's well, let's let's start over. Dream Quest on the PC. And Steam, Metroid 2, Samus Returns for the original Game Boy, and it's available on Virtual Console. The original Fallout Classic for PC Steam, Duke Nukem Forever on PC Steam. Now here's the thing. The only two games I really got into because I didn't have the time, because I knew I wouldn't have the time, was Dream Quest and Metroid 2. I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read the book. <laughs> yeah, I fail more times than not. Maybe that's another reason why I'm switching up the format here. But, yeah, Duke Nukem Forever. Mm. Let's start with, let's get that one out of the way first. I played a little bit. Right off the bat, within, the, like, the first few missions, I can, I, I could see why people were thinking to themselves, if you're an old-school Duke Nukem fan, it's not that great. The regenerating health was a real bummer. I didn't feel like there was any, like, real danger involved, because I recently played the original Duke Nukem as well, to try to like cleanse my palate and like truly compare the both both of them. I didn't like finish either of the games, but I kind of want to like jump back into the classic Duke Nukem, Duke, like Duke Nukem 3D, not the not the old school platformer Duke Nukem. We're not talking about that. I have that, but we're not going to be playing that. I'm talking about Duke Nukem 3D because that's what people usually think about when they think about Duke Nukem, not not the 2D game. Though I recommend the 2D game if you're really into that kind of stuff. It's fun for its time, but it's it hasn't aged well. <laughs> it's it's aged very poorly. Do it's still a fun game. It definitely, if you like games like Commander Keen and all that. So yeah, it's right up my alley, but I can't recommend it necessarily because it may not be up your alley, unless you're into retro games. I'm rambling. Back to the point. I wouldn't say Duke Nukem Forever is per se a bad game, but. Actually, I recently listened to a Retro Hour podcast episode where they talked to the guy that helped develop for Duke Nukem and all that. And, yeah, development hell. I can see why it didn't turn out as great as he wished. He ended up not working on the project in the end. So, you know, all sorts of stuff. Damn you, Gearbox. 
maybe I'll actually have to sit down with that one and play it all the way through. But I just didn't. I don't know. I didn't. I wasn't feeling it for some reason. And normally, I get into FPS shooters, even the old school ones, relatively easily, like we did with uh, Serious Sam last last episode. That was easy to get into because I don't know. It's just it's just a super fun game. And it doesn't have the regenerating health. And I'm, I don't mean to sound like such a snob about that. Unless, see the thing about regenerating health, and like Call of Duty, it's still easy to get one-shotted. It's still easy to get killed relatively easily. But with something like Duke Nukem, unless it's, I don't know if I, if there's something like this in the game, but it makes it too easy because Duke himself is kind of a sponge. So it's just like, well, okay, if you're if you're having some problems, just hang out for a bit, and you're all better now, you know? He has his, like, I forget what it was called. It was, like, Duke Points or <laughs> something cheesy like that, where it's, like, bro-fist courage. I have no idea. But he was, I don't know. Does it hold up? It's not even that old. Does it hold up? No. Might as well just play the old-school Duke Nukems. For some reason, the comedy lands better in that as well. The original Fallout. I was enjoying what little I played, but um, like I said, I just got way too into the roguelikes. I want to finish that game. I want, I want to play it all the way through. I just couldn't. But it was good. It was good. That one holds up. Maybe not if you're like a new school Fallout guy, like into Fallout 4 or Fallout 3 or New Vegas. But, you know, if you're into like old school CRPGs, it's definitely worth a look. There's a lot in that game, and the character customization is... Pretty pretty stellar. I like it. Now, Dream Quest was the one that was the real kicker for me because I think I played that one the most out of all of them. Oh well, no, no, Metroid Two. Yeah, I should mention that as well. But let's let's start off with Dream Quest because we're already on that. My mind's in there. Yeah, Ashens was right. It's it's an awesome game. Wow. It's I wouldn't say it's as like super crazy deep as he originally said or like as awesome as he had like claimed it to be. But if you're into roguelikes and if you like the idea of deck building, dude, this game actually has a surprising amount to it. I was I was pleasantly surprised. Artwork is crap. It looks like it's made in MS Paint. But you know, honestly, I think I can draw better pictures than that. But can I make a better game? No, probably not. Is a thing. The mechanics were fun. It's all like card-based battles and like deck building. So you're like. As you're leveling up, you're gaining cards or like you're gaining new abilities or expanding your stats. And then if you find treasure chests, oftentimes you find cards you can add to your deck. And then you can find like um, churches where like you can get rid of a card if you if you want to. And they can quote unquote cleanse your deck of unnecessary cards. It was pretty cool. Some of the boss, some of the bosses, and some of the enemies were really cool. I think it was I want to say it was the Medusa on like floor two or three that had like started throwing in curses and then like your deck would get like screwed because you'd have curses in there i forget which enemy that was when i first started out the gelatinous cube was pretty rough i uh unlocked a, a couple a couple classes won't spoil it but it's it's your run-of-the-mill stuff like valkyrie and uh thief and all that uh, thief is the one that comes with the initial set you can either choose warrior mage or thief and then you as you progress, because it's a rogue light, you unlock other things and unlock new skills, unlock new uh, classes, and it's pretty cool. I liked it; it was fun. I could see why someone can get into this for like hours and days and months, or like play it 
over and over again and still have a fun experience. This game easily gets easily an 8.5 out of 10. 8.5. I always say 0.5. 8 out of 10 or something. It gets, no, no. I was, oh, that's right. I was doing a new review system. It gets a thumbs up. It easily gets a sensei thumbs up. Metroid 2 easily gets a sensei thumbs up. I didn't actually completely finish this game because I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, I don't want to completely spoil the remake. I have a clear idea of what this game was like back on the Game Boy. And it's super fun. At some point soon, I'm probably going to finish it up. Maybe after I play Metroid 2 on the 3DS. But I haven't picked that up because it hasn't released yet. So I was just thinking to myself, well, I don't want to completely spoil the game by playing the original version. Why would I want to do that? But does the original Game Boy version hold up still? Hell yeah. Definitely if you like the, the old school Metroidvania games. Those I got myself stuck a couple points, but I was able to work myself around it without the help of any like guides or walkthroughs. And it wasn't as slow as I remember it, because maybe when I was a kid, maybe I was like growing up, I wasn't my retention span and retention wasn't as good. Because I wasn't like growing up I wasn't super into like Metroidvanias. I was more into Castlevania than Metroid growing up, but and Monster Boy. Or Wonder Boy and Monsterland, whatever you want to call it. It's essentially the same game. But I was more into like Monster Boy and Castlevania than I was Metroid. But I don't know. I think it holds up really well. Shooting and platforming and bosses aren't like that hard. But it's an it's an it's a nice game that you can just like kind of dive yourself into. There isn't like that much to it. I wouldn't like put it up at the same level as like Super Metroid on the Super Nintendo or anything. But it's still good. It's definitely worth a look. And since it's only like a few bucks on the virtual console, if you have a 3DS or a DS that has um, virtual console support, go get it. I don't know what's stopping you. Just just pick it up. It's good. No, no, no. It'd only be the 3DS. Just kidding. It's not on a DSi. What am I kidding? DSi only has WiiWare. Uh, no, DSiWare. That's right. So yeah, if you have a 3DS, pick it up. If you've got um, a Wii U, pick it up. If Virtual Console ever comes out on Switch, pick it up. I recommend it. It's really good. It's It gets my thumbs up. What would actually be a number rating? I'd say it's it's not as high as Dream Quest, but I'd give it a, a solid 7. Does Fallout get my thumbs up? Yes. Does Duke Nukem Forever get my thumbs up? Mmm. Mmm. You're really pushing it. You're really pushing it there. I'm going to... I'm going to... Mmm. I didn't give enough time to like really give it a good review. So if you're curious, if you have morbid curiosity and you can get it on like some super sale, yeah, go check it out. But if you want to play a solid Duke Nukem game, maybe not. But it's, I can see where someone can have fun with it, but it's not, if you're like an old school Duke fan, maybe not. Anyways, yeah, that's the book club right there. <laughs> yeah, that was really fast. I told you it was going to be fast. What are we going to be playing next month for the book club? Or next episode at the end of this month? I chose a few things that would be relatively easy to pick up. 20XX on PC Steam, because I really want to check that out. Uh, I want to make a review of it. I want to, like, find everything that's new, everything that came out with the full release. And I love me some Mega Man. I can really use some Mega Man right now. I think I think that's what I've been, like, craving. I've been craving, like, an action shooting me up a game, a game, a thingy thing. You know, that sort of stuff. But I'm into that. So 20XX it is. It's the Mighty Number no. 9 we actually should have gotten. So find that. It's on Steam. 
it's cheap. Well, nah, I don't remember what the actual price is. I got it. I got it on sale when it was in early access. What's the price? If you haven't picked it up, and I wouldn't be surprised if you haven't picked it up. Oh, it's fourteen ninety nine. Yeah, that's a that's an absolutely reasonable try uh, pr pr price price. You can get the bundle with the soundtrack for seventeen oh eight. It's not bad. Is that on sale? No, no. Okay, that's the regular price for the bundle. If you get the soundtrack as well, so that's pretty cool. It's got some nice music. It's definitely Mega Manny. Uh, second game on the book club is Splatterhouse Three for the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive. I don't believe it's on Virtual Console. I really don't. I know Splatterhouse was, is on the newest Namco Museum, but the reason why I'm choosing Splatterhouse is because it's a good game. I haven't played it in a long time. Very long time. I, I, I have my hands on it. Just don't have time. If I force myself to play it because of Halloween, yeah. That's the other reason why I chose Splatterhouse 3. Because, you know, like, let's say... I don't have the time to put out another podcast before, you know, Halloween comes around and once Halloween rolls around, I only have one podcast and I don't have my Halloween special. So, you know what? Uh Splatterhouse is my Halloween game. There you go. Happy Halloween, everybody. <laughs> of course, at least that would be the one Halloween-themed game in the book club when the Halloween special does come around. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, if I don't have time to set up, like, all Halloween or horror-inspired games, you know, horror-type games, for the Halloween episode. Hopefully, this makes up for it. I, I, cool. Last game on the book club book book club list is a game I've played before, but I only recently re-picked it up because they added a whole bunch of new characters. I was just curious on how the progress is for that. And it's one of those kind of games that if I dive into, I dive into too much. And I've got too much on my plate to, like, say, hey, I just want to play this for fun, you know? <laughs> it's Paladins. Paladins on PC Steam. That's where I'm going to be playing it on. But it is available on Xbox One and PS4. It's your free-to-play Overwatch clone. So if you're into, like, a TF2-style uh, team-based arena shooters that are, like, fast-paced and boom-boom with the colors, you know, go check it out. Paladins is actually really good. It's not an Overwatch clone. There's enough differences to say it's not an exact clone. If you want to say that, they're all TF2 clones. But you know what? That's fine. A clone's not a bad thing. You can really say all shmups are clones of themselves. <laughs> okay, if you're a shmup fan and like a hardcore shmup fan like me, don't get upset at me. We know they are, but it's just fun gameplay. Oh, that was another game I've been playing recently quite a bit. I don't know why I forgot about it. I didn't put it down. Got back into Blue Revolver. Got back into uh, Crimson Clover. Because I just need to relax. That's what it was. There's been a lot going on. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. I'm good. Alright. So, yeah. That's it. So, yeah. Just cover that again. Uh, next book club's games include 20XX on PC Steam, Splatterhouse 3 on the Sega Genesis Mega Drive, and Paladins for PC, Steam, Xbox One, and PS4. And hopefully with the Rainway app coming out next year, I can start playing Paladins on my Switch. Notable releases. Notable releases that are coming out that you should probably look out for if you're interested. Hellblade. Haven't played it. Has really good review scores, and from what everybody everybody has said, it's really good. I think, I think I'm getting mixed up with games here, but I think it's the one... Unless you're, like, really auditory sensitive, don't play it because it's got, like, voices in your head and 
Um, I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but the main character is suffering from uh, schizophrenia. So they hear a lot of voices in their head. But apparently it's done really well and adds a lot to the gameplay. But if you're sensitive to that and feel like you might you know, lose your mind yourself in the game, don't uh, maybe not play it, but it's got a lot of good stuff in it. And um, I'm really hoping, uh, hoping, from what I heard on the Co-Optional Podcast, they had the funniest idea. Play the game and do a lot of editing and replace the voices with like a friendly voice instead of being like, watch out behind you. You know, that kind of stuff. And I replace it with, like, um, what is that? No worry, don't worry, honey. There's nothing behind you right now. You better watch out, though. There's something coming around the corner. You know, just, like, a weird thing like that. I thought it was hilarious. That was a funny idea they had. But yeah, Hellblade. It's out now. Go check it out. Go look up some Let's Plays. See if you're into that kind of thing. If you are. I feel like if I played it, I'd give it a thumbs up. Things coming out on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, or things that are already out that caught my attention was Absolver, which um, my uh, brother-in-law, who I've mentioned maybe a couple times, who's a huge gamer, plays a lot of ARK, plays a lot of uh, Final Fantasy, plays a lot of, um, played a little bit of uh, Paladins, loved that. He He's really into shooters, and he's really into um, survival games and uh, RPGs. Absolver. I don't know anything about this game, but he said it's actually a lot like For Honor, but better, and actually works. The Kind of that fighting game at its core RPG arena fighter thing. He says it's amazing. He loves it. It's really good. Um, another game that came out, which piqued my curiosity because the first one was good, Rock of Ages 2 is finally out. Go check that out. Uh, according to Total Biscuit, he says it's like the best game one of the best games he's played as of recent. So, you know, it's it's not anything serious. Basically, you roll a boulder and crush historical figures and things. But it, apparently they've added a lot of things to this. So, you know, you change your rock. You can change what goes on and all that kind of stuff. It's it's dumb fun, but it's it's fun. It's absolutely fun. A, a abduction came out on the PS4, finally. It's um by the same creators of Myst. It's spelled O-B-D-U-C-T-I-O-N. So like abduction, but obduction. I don't know if... Let's look up the definition for that, because I know what abduction is. That's not fun. Abduction. Definition. Abduction in science. Abduction, a geologic process in which the edge of the tectonic plate consisting of oceanic crust is thrust over the edge of an adjacent place cons plate consisting of continental crust. Compare subduction. Oh, okay. That makes absolute sense. I know what subduction is. Yeah, I'm not that into geology, but I know what that is. Maybe that has something to do with the game. I don't know. Haven't played it. But Mist is good. Riven's really good. Exile's pretty good, too. So, yeah. Go check it out. Have I played them all the way through? No. But my uh, sister and dad are crazy fans over the Mist series. And I appreciate those kind of games. I appreciate them. Okay, so you may be asking yourself, Dude, Pong, I thought you were a retro fan. You haven't played Mist? You haven't played Mist all the way through? Look, okay, so when I was a kid, we had computer labs, right? And there were always computer labs, right? I love the computer labs, right? But Microsoft, micro, no, not Microsoft, Macintosh and Apple had their hands on the American education, education system's balls and said, Hey, we'll sell you computers with better deals so everybody plays on a Mac you know and guess what's not on a Mac 
freaking missed. And my dad was a Mac head during the 90s, so I had a Mac. So the only game I was actually really able to play on my Performa was uh, Civilization 2, which is really good, by the way. So that wasn't too bad of an experience. And the Wing Commander series as well, so that was pretty good too. So I didn't lose out that much having a Mac. But no, Wing Commander 4, that was the one I really got into. Maybe not as good as the other ones, but Wing Commander 4 is very nostalgic for me. It's fun. It's very fun. It had like four CDs to it. It's pretty good. But like, because of this, because of the education system in America and not having PCs in schools, when I finally got into middle school, there was the computer lab with one PC in it. One. One PC. And kids were allowed to play on it. I never got to play on it because it wasn't like a list. I never, I, I signed up for the list, but I never got to play on the PC. I always was stuck on the freaking Macs, learning HyperCard. HyperCard. Does that have application now? No. Learning about important things like Claris works. Claris works. Is that right? Is that still around now? No. Education system on computers, you failed me in the 90s. I'm just saying that. Because the one PC, the one reason why people loved playing on that PC was because it had a copy of Myst. It even had a copy of Riven. No? No, no it only had Myst. I think they finally got Riven like after I left middle school and graduated. But regardless of that, I always wanted to play Myst. But never got to when I was growing up. I had friends that had Myst. I had... Everybody enjoyed Myst. I never tasted Myst with my tongue. My little computer tongue. Never licked that keyboard. This, this got weird. This got very weird. But that's why I never got to play Myst when I was a kid. Because everybody around me had PCs. The one PC at the school was always hogged. Usually hogged by one freaking kid. Ugh, I still remember your name. Mmm. You were kind of cool, but you know, no. No, just because you, you took Myst away from me. Mmm. Still leave a sour taste in my mouth, yo. But like... Yeah. I was the kid with the Mac. I know a lot of PC games, but that's only because of my friends. Freaking Dr. Brain. Dr. Brain was cool. Never had that on my Mac. Because it's not Mac. <sighs> yeah, but anyways, yes, Abduction is out on the PS4. It looks really good. You should play it if you like, if you like that kind of game. And I promise, unlike The Witness, it's not going to have the same puzzle 50 bajillion times. It's going to really make you think, explore the world with abstract thoughts and abstract ideas instead of applying the same damn line puzzle 50 million times to an abstract thought. I can get the same fun out of a penny press book that's like $4 at the grocery store. I'm just saying, freaking witness. Freaking fans of The Witness too, or like flaming when it first came out. Now people are like realizing they're 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 suffering from like uh, Phantom Menace syndrome, where it's like coming out of the theaters. Yeah, that was a good movie. I think it was good. Yeah, it was really good. The special effects were great. Yeah, you know, five years down the line, we're gonna forget about The Witness, but Mist will live forever. Anyways, in other news, East Seven is coming out. Finally released on PC. The East games are really good awesome jrpg series if you're into east go check it out on pc hopefully the port's not bad well actually let's check if the port's terrible there it is it's only 25 bucks not bad oh that's the regular price 
91% of all reviews are positive. Oh my gosh, I'm going to have to put that on my wish list. I love East. I love the East series. I'm not like super like knowledgeable of the East series, but oh my gosh, I'm going to have to pick that up. Wow, this actually looks pretty decent. I like this. Experience the first modern era East game. Oh, maybe there wasn't an East 7. Hold up. Yeah, okay, so if anybody's curious, it is by Exceed Games, which is the same people that made the Rune Factory series and um, the good Harvest Moon games. So, no offense to Natsume. You just, you just, you just have rights to the name. You guys, you guys have fallen off the horse. It's sad. That's, I've mentioned that before. The Exceed Natsume problem. Yeah. But yeah, check out East. East is good. It's YS7. Not the number 7, just spelled out 7. So yeah, just search up YS on Steam. This looks pretty decent. Is it, is it out on something else? I feel like it should be on the PS4. You know, E7 came out in 2009. That's what I thought. Oh, it was on the PSP. That's why no one played it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Sad. I, yeah. I, so it is a port. That's what I thought. Man, I'm like flip-flopping because my memory on this game is so flimsy. Yeah, go check it out. It has a 9 out of 10 on Steam. 4.5 out of 5 on GOG. Yeah, that's pretty good. Not bad. Yeah, piqued my curiosity. What else was coming up? Life is Strange Before the Storm Episode 1 is on PS4, which is a prologue to Life is Strange. Life is Strange is pretty good. Never actually played it, but I've seen Let's Plays. It's awesome. Oh, and the game that like really caught my eye... Utaware, man, my Japanese is terrible right now. Utaware, Utaware, I can't, I can't read this. I can't read it. What's? I shame my family. Utaware Rumono, Mask of Truth. That's spelled U U T A W A R E R U M O N O. This is how gaijin I am. So like, so like, it's not even like Nisei problems. This is like Sansei problems. If y'all know what that means, you know, it's like a half Japanese, half American problem right there, second gen Japanese living outside of Japan, third generation. I have the problem of a third generation even though I'm technically second. Utoware Rurumono, Mask of Truth on the PS4, Vita, and PS Network. An RPG, SRPG developed by Atlas, has a visual novel thingy going on. It's the final third chapter in a series that I never heard of, and I'm surprised I never heard of it. Maybe I have, but never picked it up because I don't have a Vita or a ps3 or ps4 well i have a ps3 now just never picked it up but mook is not one to be like super into srpgs so i didn't really think about it you know so but it looks really good i love srpgs so i might have to check this out at least look at it at least look at it because if y'all know me i love me some srpgs destiny 2 is finally out it's gotten really it's gotten pretty good reviews i wouldn't say like stellar reviews but people are saying it's really good um, new features include a story, so that's nice to see. Um, something to look out for is Cuphead is finally releasing on the 29th of September. The article I saw this on was uh, a site called Twinfinite, and I'm going to have to say Twinfinite is useless. Do not look up, don't don't go to Twinfinite for any kind of news. I, I'd actually even recommend IGN or Polygon at this point, because they were terrible. But... I'm hoping it comes out to the Switch. I don't think it ever will because it's supposed to be an exclusive to the Xbox One and PC. So, not truly an exclusive if it's already out on PC, but you know, whatever. I'm excited. At least I'll get to play that 
I've been like super hyped for this game for way too long to the point where like my hype has reached its critical mass and has broken and now there's like um there's like a black hole there. I just want it now and I'll eat it. And I'll probably either crush me or I'll crush it in my soul and it's going to be awesome. Forza 7 is releasing October 3rd on the Xbox One and PC. Another um quote unquote Xbox One exclusive which is available on the PC. So you know, if you've got that 4K TV and you really want the Xbox, uh, Xbox One X STFU P2 367X Plus Pro Edition, go check it out. Oh yeah, on my list is 20XX is fully released. Yay, we already knew that. For the Switch, things that I'm kind of interested in because I'm a Switch owner. Azure's Striker Gunvolt Striker Pack is out. The Azure's Striker series is really good. It's basically kind of like a Mega Man-y type game better than Mighty Number no. 9, so go check that out if Mighty Number no. 9 still makes you sad and you really want a Mega Man-y type title. Pokemon, uh, po not Pokemon, Pokin, Pokin Deluxe is coming out on September 27, uh, 22nd of 2017. I'm excited. I might have to pick that one up because I like me some fighting games and I like me some Pokemans. Mario Rabbit's Kingdom Battle finally released. Two really good reviews. The XCOMI for kids, but from what I've heard... And this makes me, like, really curious. Apparently, to some people, it's actually not that easy. You actually really got to think your stuff through. It's like, the only difference between this and XCOM is that XCOM has so many more variables to it, where Mario Rabbids is a bit trimmed down to be simpler, with easier mechanics to understand. So maybe it's more, like, more accessible for all audiences versus, you know, where something like XCOM you kind of have to be above the age of 13 18 to like really get a good grasp on it because maybe it's not a type of game that you've grown up with but i like that it's got the it's got the difficulty level for the xcom guys but the simplicity for you know younger audiences i'd say maybe about 10 from what i've seen everything about it i've, I've looked into it quite a bit it, it intrigues me i want to get it it looks like it's something that i'd probably really enjoy because i like that kind of game i love strategy games Quest of Dungeons is finally coming out on Switch on September 14th. It's available on pretty much every platform. The only reason why I'm noting this is because I have Quest of Dungeons on my PC. I wouldn't say it's like anything like to die for or anything to like rip and rave about, but it's still a really fun uh, roguelike. It's really straightforward. You know, they've added quite a bit of things to it over the uh, over the couple year past couple years with updates. So I can't really knock them too hard because at least they're updating it and at least trying to make it better. So, you know, it's it gets it gets my thumbs up, at least the PC version. So I'm excited. Depending on the price, I might have to pick it up for Switch because I don't well, let's face it, I don't have that many roguelikes on my Switch, and roguelikes are excellent as uh pick up and plays. So I feel like that'd be the perfect thing for the Switch, where it's like, oh, I've got a little bit of time, let's play me some Quest of Dungeons, yo. You know? I think that that's I think it's a good title for the Switch, mostly because of the mobile aspect. Raymond's Le uh, Raymond Legends Definitive Edition is coming out on the tw uh, September twelfth, and I'm excited for that one. It's only going to be priced at thirty bucks because it's a HD remake for the Switch. Whatever, it's going to have all the a uh, couple extras, all the DLC. I think whatever if there was DLC for it, I'm not sure. Lego Worlds is finally out. That's a Lego game, open world Minecrafty type, build your world and build an entire world out of legos looks really impressive i haven't played it 
but from what I everything I've heard, it's really good. Definitely if you like Lego games, if you like Minecraft, if you like building, it's basically the best Lego set in the cyber world you can ever get. NBA 2K gets its full release on the 19th. Eh. Out of all these sports games that are be, that are be gonna, that's going to be coming out, I'd be I guess I'm more excited for NBA 2K. I do like um I do like sports games. Don't get me wrong. I am in kind of in that camp where I I like the arcadey ones better. But I still like I still like Madden. Let's be honest here. I still like Madden. Even though it's the same thing year after year. So, I might pick up NBA 2K. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. FIFA 18 comes out on the 29th. I, I'll, I'm going to have to wait for that see how it is. Um, oh, and I already mentioned this. Fuse Code Studio on the Switch, only because it intrigued me. I was like, ooh, that's cool. Let's go down to 3DS. 3DS Metroid 2 Samus Returns releases on the 15th. Clayton's Mystery Journey. Yeah, we already talked about Metroid 2. It's a remake. It looks really good. Look up the trailers if you haven't. If you're into Metroidvanias, go check it out. From everything that I've heard from people that have played early versions and press releases and whatever of everything they could talk about about it, they said it's awesome. So I'm excited to see how that one actually turns out. Uh, next one is Layton's Mystery Journey, Catriel and the Millionaire's Conspiracy, available on October 6th. So it's another Professor Layton. I can't go wrong with that, you know? Well, I don't think Professor Layton's in this game. I think it's his, like, kid. I don't know the story that well. I've played a couple of them, and I love the Layton series. I, I just I just play too many games. I don't dive myself into, like, one series. That's my biggest problem as a gamer. Like, I don't... I, I like, latch onto one genre, and then I don't play everything else enough. But I might have to pick this one up. I haven't played a Layton game in a while. I think the last one I played was the Mysterious Box, or whatever it was called, on 3DS. Was it 3DS? It could have been DS, regular DS. I don't remember. That one's really good. Something Box. Myst box of Mystery. Mysterious Box. Look it up. That one gets my thumbs up. I'm sure this one's going to be getting my thumbs up, too. They never they never really do wrong with the Layton games. Unless you're not into, like, puzzles or brain teasers, then maybe it's not for you, but, you know, whatever. Maybe the next game is more for you. Mario, Luigi Super, Mario and Luigi Superstar Saga plus Bowser's Minions comes out on October 6th. It's a Super Mario Superstar Saga. I've played, I've played that one. That one's really fun. I haven't played it in years. I think, yeah, I don't remember the last time I played, I played the original. It's, it's been literally years. But it's good. It's a HD remake with a whole bunch of extra content. With a whole um, extra storyline and all that kind of stuff, I think I think this one's gonna get like really good reviews. If you're into like light RPGs, go check it out. If you want, if you want, if you have a kid that's really into RPG, like, wants to get into RPGs, you feel like maybe um, Fallout 4 or Final Fantasy might be a bit much for them. Maybe let them pick up Mario Luigi Superstar Saga because it's a light comedy adventure. Cold Scepter's Vault comes out on the 3rd. Uh, this one like really piqued my curiosity because I love TCG games. So, you know, whatever, let's, let's do that. I want that on my 3DS. Let's do it. And, of course, finally, the other big 3DS release is Pokemon Gold and Silver on the Nintendo eShop coming out on the 22nd. If you really want that collector's edition, yeah, sure, go ahead, get that. But, you know what? I just want the game. The game is the game is the reason why I buy games. I I I buy games because I want to play them, not because I want like some gold card, like fake gold plated card, 
with a fake case with just a code on it. You know, that's not why I buy games. I'm not a shelf gamer. I'm not a collector at this point. The collector was killed in me a few, several years ago. It has to do with my dark period. Out of my control, really. But I just want the game, yo. The games are good. That's why you play. But either way, one way or the other, the gold and silver games hold a dear place in my heart. Yes, I've been playing since Gen 1, but when I played when I played Silver for the first time, and when I played Crystal for the first time, those games took the Pokemon formula and expanded it to something greater, and I knew this series was going to be good. At that point, I knew the series was going to be good. And then Gen 3 happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I was slightly heartbroken. And then Gen 4 happened, and I was even more heartbroken. Then Black and White came out, and I was like, okay, they're getting back on track. <laughs> yeah, no, okay, seriously, Gen 4 happened. That's when it that's when it fell off the boat. Now, you can you can hate me for that because, yes, I know Platinum is really good, and I, Platinum easily gets my thumbs up. I'm just saying, some of those designs, man, some some of those designs... I don't want an ice cream Pokemon. I don't want it. I don't want my trash bag Pokemon. I don't. I don't want it. Though Garbodor and Trubbish are easily some of my favorite Pokemon, only because it's so stupid. But literally, just a bag of trash. Anyways, where where was I? Oh yeah, that's the end of that segment. I'm moving on to another segment. What was this segment called? What was it? What was it? I'm asking you, even though you can't answer because you're listening to a podcast. It is the what the fudge have I been doing instead of making content for my main channel point thing. The other part of the what the fudge have I been doing recently. So channel news, working on vids, personal note, neat roguelites list. I mean, let's not just blast through this. I have notes here just to give you an idea. Some things I've been working on on the YouTube channel. Like I said, all of them roguelikes, man. I'll give you a small teaser. So yeah, I told you that I found a... My Little Pony's roguelike. And that's... I, I want to play that. Some real interesting ones that I played, but I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, is I did play one based off of Metroid. That was kind of cool. There was also one I played based off of Zelda. That was pretty cool too. I haven't played it yet, but there's also a Castlevania one. I'm just giving you it all. Uh, screw it. There's a Castlevania roguelike, a Mega Man roguelike, a Metroid roguelike, a Pac-Man roguelike. Um, a Dark Souls-inspired roguelike. A le- like I said, a Legend of Zelda-inspired roguelike. The Doom roguelike. The the Snake... Snake-like, which is literally the name of the game. Go look it up on Ichio. The, I didn't really talk to the dev. But they seem, they seem like they're excited to just, like, get a game out there that people are excited for. Because I mentioned Snake-like on one of my videos, and they were like, Thanks for giving me a shout-out. That was awesome. I was like, well, it was a good game. Thank you. And it was that, that sort of, like, discussion. So I don't have any connections with them or anything. But Snake-like, that's a fun one. It's got a really cool mechanic. I, I'll give them that. It's a re- and it's actually really fun to play. But it's like a turn-based snake where it's combat-based in a roguelike dungeon. So I, you can't go wrong, I, apparently with that it sounds weird but it was actually really fun yeah the my little prony one and then i found this one based off of frogger i forget what it was called i have it here i don't think this is right copy frog but it's basically it it feel it's it's basically um a turn-based um crossy road that's what it was crossy road because crossy road as you probably know is just like an endless frogger clone it's available on mobile if you like frogger go check it out 
it's free on iOS and Android. Yeah. They have toys now. So, you know, you've probably seen it. At least some glancing image of it. So, yeah, there's a lot of... There's even... I, I haven't even, like, done, like, a seriously deep search of weird roguelikes. So, I'm really curious to do some more research on this. Because it's really quite funny what kind of weird roguelikes I can find. What else have I been doing? And I'm working on a bedtime story. Won't go into detail about what it's about. But I feel like I really need to write one because my bedtime stories have been taking off. Maybe I'll make a video about like a hard look at my analytics because my bedtime stories have been doing really well recently. And if I don't stay on that, yeah. I don't know. My, 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 my channel's a mess. My channel's a mess. Shows I've been watching. This is such a weird segment. There's like no like rhyme or reason to it. I've been I I binged watched the entire series of Rick and Morty last week, and now I'm just slowly no it was like three weeks ago. I don't know why I've been like in the mood to watch something. So I heard about Rick and Morty being really good. If you like sci-fi's and I love sci-fi's, you'd love Rick and Morty. So I watched it. I caught like a good seventy percent of the jokes. Sometimes it's like real rapid fire, like. They just like throw down like so many references and you have to watch it again and again to like catch all the jokes because the writing is just like boom, 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 that kind of thing. And it's really good. I wouldn't recommend it to kids, but do I like Rick and Morty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they got some fun stuff going on. If you're already a fan of Rick and Morty, you might be asking yourself, hey, Fred, what's your sensei? What's your favorite episode? Hmm. Well, there's two episodes that really come into my mind. The pilot was actually pretty good for what it is, and just only because it kind of it wasn't bad or anything. And I like I forget what episode it was, but like that uh, I forget what it was called. Oh man, the one where like they completely mess up the their the universe they're in and turn everybody into like what's called like Kroberg monsters. I forget what they're called, but Cronenberg, I think Cronenberg monsters and. They try to fix it, but they can't, so they jump into a universe that's almost exactly the same, but instead, in that universe, Rick and Morty both die at the same instance when they, uh, the point where, like, the, that whole point, like, the, like, the time branch branched off. So, yeah, they had to bury themselves, and it was dark as all balls. But, and my other favorite episode is, I hate to be such a scrub and say this, but it's the Pickle Rick episode. I like, I really like that one. That one's funny. Mostly because it, Rick is taken out of his comfort zone and just, I, I, I know it was kind of fast for him to just like jump right back up and make sense for the character. And I liked the weird, like the weird freaky, like pickle bot he turned into. It was <laughs> also for the Pickle Rick episode, I, I, I want to I want to like really give a shout out to the writers because they hammered and they they hammered in on that one joke that entire episode. I know there's other facets to that episode like the secondary storyline with the therapist, but like the fact that the pickle Rick can stay funny for the entire episode. It reminds me of like a Conan Conan style writing or like just it it it's not it's not easy to hammer you know one joke, a one note joke all the way through and keep it funny. So yeah, that was those two are my favorite episodes: the Cronenberg Universe One and uh, Pickle Rick. Those are my favorites. I've been watching some anime because for some reason I've been just in the mood 
to like watch stuff and I just don't know what to watch. And one, um, like I said before, one podcast I've been listening to is the Anime Summit Podcast. Listen to those guys. The Weebcast is also really good. Weebcast is hosted by um, this YouTuber. Not very big, but bigger than me, so he's a big YouTuber. Anybody's a big YouTuber, really, compared to my size. But Mother's Basement with the Weebcast. But one thing I remembered from um, Anime Summit was they recommended these two um, animes. One called Mahojin Guru Guru, which is Magical Circle Guru Guru. Which Guru Guru in Japanese is an onomatopoeia for like kind of a circle spinning motion, which would make sense because in the in that show, the the mage girl who has the power of Guru Guru magic, the last survivor is able to do the Guru Guru. And what you do is you draw magic circles on the ground and blah 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 and other random like runes and squiggly lines and all that kind of jazz. She can summon monsters and stuff that fight for her. So. Why am I recommending this? It's an RPG parody, and that's the connection with gaming. Because if you've played the Dragon Quest games and like them, you'll like Mahojin Guru Guru. It's <laughs> it it just rips apart like the RPG uh, tropes and everything. And it's it made me smile. It made me laugh a couple times. I would actually say it's very entertaining. I kind of want to see where this goes. Not because I'm like totally invested in the story. The story is like so rpg cliche i'm surprised that um the the village they came from boring village <laughs> literally that's what it's called in the remake in the original one i looked it up and started watching that one because i can't wait for the new episodes i think it was called plain old village but yeah in plain old village or boring village i'm surprised it didn't burn down and the parents didn't die because you know that's what's normally happens but maybe they didn't want to make it that dark so they kept with all the other RPG tropes, and it's pretty funny. Which actually made me curious, because Mooka knows a lot of popular animes, and she was like, well, Pong. She doesn't call me Pong, but she's like, Pong, they already have a Dragon like a Dragon Quest, uh, Dragon Quest uh, thing, anime, called Blue Dragon. I was like, oh, okay. So I started watching that. I've only gone through maybe like two episodes for now. Pretty good. I like it. If you're into the more like... Um, fantasy like that takes itself a little bit more seriously still has some comedy in it yeah you'll, you'll enjoy blue dragon look that up if you're into um square enix games essentially last anime i've uh, binged on was uh, this one called gamers with an exclamation point wouldn't say it's like really kid friendly but it's it doesn't you'd think it's i i went into this one kind of like iffy i was very careful about it i was like "Ah, do i really want to watch this because it's labeled as a romantic comedy shonen harem so i was like oh man there's gonna be fan service everywhere and not really into that even though i play uh, dating sims and anime games and visual novels but that's only because they're kind of fun sometimes i don't i'm not i'm not a hardcore visual novel guy so you know if anything i'm more hardcore on interactive fictions I almost um, put uh, interactive fiction on uh, the book club list, but didn't because... <laughs> Actually, you know what? Well, I didn't because I didn't want to like exclus- ex- exclude part of my audience, uh, most of my audience, because how many people want to be typing in, like, north, north, go north, look, examine, pick up lamp, burn lamp, eat rock, jump off cliff. You know, you don't want to be doing that kind of stuff. Not that many people are into that. I'm into it because I like those kind of text adventures. But 
okay, let's just let's just get let's just get the ba- cat out of the bag. It's probably going to be um, a possible game for um, October, but it's The Count by um, Sam. It's an old like game from like 1979. It's free to play on the internet. If you have an interpreter, I recommend Gargoyle because it's a easy to look interface. What was that? Scott Adams. That's what it was. Released in 1981 on the Apple II Plus, Commodore Piet, the TRS-80, the VIC-20, the TI-99 4A, Atari 400, Atari 800, ZX Spectrum, Commodore 64, BBC Micro, Acorn Electron, Dragon 3264. I've never heard of that one. What the fudge? Oh, it was one of the Motorola machines. Alright. Dragon Computers and Software. Yeah, I don't... I'm into, like, old PC stuff, but I don't know that much about, like, old PCs. Mostly just the standards, like Commodore and the Ataris and Apples. And I know a little bit about the ZX Spectrum, only because a lot of um, people from Britain on YouTube are covering a lot of Spectrum stuff. Because they're like, no one's covering Spectrum because most of the YouTubers are American. Which I'm fine with. Spectrum sounds like an absolutely amazing device. It's only, like, within the past, like, I think I first heard about the Spectrum like 10 years ago. Yeah, so maybe it wasn't that recent, but I didn't really know too much about it. Didn't really care too much. Sorry, all you Specky fans. Yeah, I was a Commodore boy. I'm sorry. That's like my earliest computer and like this, like Franklin IBM. It was, no, it was Franklin, but it was a Franklin PC. If When, when did that come out? Franklin PC. Yes, Franklin, the same company that makes basketballs. They used to make computers. No, it wasn't the Ace. Oh, man, this is going to bother me. Which one was it? They used to also make a few, like... I think they stopped with, like, PDA-type calculators and stuff. I don't remember. But, yeah, Franklin used to make computers. That's where my stuff usually came in. Uh, where was... What was I talking about? Oh, gamers. That's right. It's really funny. It's... It's got, but what was nice about it was that it wasn't like super like fan servicey. There's some like etchy humor in there, and like s- some stuff in there. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend it to kids past like a certain age. You know, before a certain age, I would say it's definitely PG thirteen. But there's nothing in there visually that's like really bad. So yeah, but. What was nice, what I what made me laugh, it, out of all these anime shows that I've been watching, it made me laugh the most, only because it's so stupid. And it falls into a lot of cliches, but it kind of knows that. It, they know they're falling into all these cliches. And the, the characters are so, so stupid, and they get themselves into like these worst situations. And it's kind of like watching like a, a comedy of errors or like a much ado about nothing situation. Because the main drama of the show is like a love triangle, but really it's a quote-unquote love pentagon because there's five main characters that all think they're into like a different person, thinks one person is into another person, which means one person's cheating on another person, but they're really not. But another person thinks that uh, the person they're with is more into another person, and it just go back and back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. The newest episode, the one where it covers um, more background story with a character named Chiaki, it it's at that point some things seem to be like they're resolved but i'm not exactly sure because at the end of that episode it gets flipped back up on its head 
and I'm not going to spoil anything, but oh my gosh, this this show is almost painful to watch because how stupid the characters are. It's just so much miscommunication going on. It's it's absolutely hilarious. And some of the references and some of the, you know, topical gamer humor, I felt like I was being pandered to before I got into it because I was like, it's called gamers. I feel like I'm going to get pandered to. It's like, hey, you're a gamer. You're going to like these kind of jokes. Eat this humor up. But they did it well enough. I was actually quite surprised. And because it's very Japanese and it's humor and like the way their uh, social skills are, it was actually kind of fun to like watch it because the main character is really into visual novels and dating sims, and that's not something you really come across here in the states. Yeah, you're gonna have those like kind of um, n- that niche audience, but it's it's kind of funny. And one of the other characters, um, uh, I won't. Yeah, I'm not gonna spoil it, but they're into it and they're like ashamed of it because it's it's the adult naughty visual novels and they're like don't tell anybody <laughs> it's actually quite hilarious and i thought it was funny because i was like oh that's that's funny i'm i'm really tempted into trying to find a translation of the light novels that's based off of because it's you know a lot of manga i mean a lot of anime are based off mangas which are comic books essentially like visual like graphic novels but this one was based off of something called a light novel which is basically like light fiction, a light novel, per se. That's exactly what it means, a light novel. It's not like a heavy novel, a novel novel, like a Stephen King or Charles Dickens. You know, it's not like something that has weight to it. It's a light novel. It's a like a pulp fiction, if that makes any sense. Yeah, 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 that makes sense. Yeah, like a pulp fiction, but in Japanese. They call them light novels. Like anime is basically just animation, but for short in Japanese or in Asia, you know. Or like if it's, you know, South Korea, manhwa, that's their version of manga. But anyways, semantics, who cares? But this one was based off a novel, and I'm pretty sure it's popular enough where I can probably find some fan translations. So, I might have to look that up, because I kind of want to know what happens. I'm just worried that I, I might spoil the entire first season for myself, because, you know, I don't like doing that kind of stuff. I'm usually one for not going in for spoilers. But, you know, for this one, I think the, if I can get through the first few chapters of the, the first light novel and enjoy it, I'm going to have to read the entire thing. I'll let you know how that goes. But I feel like the season might be wrapping up pretty soon. So I don't, I don't know what all covers in it. So I'll just, I'll just keep you all updated with this segment. Anyways, what else is going on? I've been planning uh, November. November is coming. Winter is coming. Interactive Fiction and Visual Novel Month. Planning on doing a bunch of things for that this year. Unlike last year where I didn't do anything and the year before where I did a bunch. But I'm actually planning on bringing it back. And don't don't be surprised if there's some visual novels in, or like interactive fictions in with your book club game list. So hopefully you pick that up. I'll give you lots of options. Because visual novels are usually pretty easy to play. And you can probably blast through them as long as they're short. I won't pick up anything that's, like, stupid big. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't want to be talking about that. Oh, that's right. That was the last thing on my what the fudge have I been doing outside of uh, that's keeping me away from working on my channel. Well, this was a video on my channel, but it made me laugh. and it made <laughs> I, like, literally bust up laughing when I first saw it. I was like, I can't believe it's mildly trending in any way. So, 
I'm an avid watcher of all the normal boots guys, even John Tron. I love John Tron's work. By the way, John Tron is back. And you need to watch his Vanilla Ice one. It is hilarious. Cold as Ice or whatever it's called. Yeah, I didn't even know that movie existed and it looks terrible. But he reviews it. His video is hilarious. It's not terrible. Go watch it. It reeks of 90s. It, 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 like, it hurts. It hurts so bad of 90s. But you should go watch it. John Tron is back. Yay! Makes me happy. But another thing I watch a lot is the PBG Gameplay channel. Mostly because my kids. And PBG tends to be pretty family friendly. So he has a series called the Hardcore Series where like they all play a game in a quote-unquote hardcore mode where like if one of the players dies, they're out of the game. So it's kind of like a, a dramatic like... What is that called? What What is that called? My mind's blank, blanking. I'm getting kind of tired. I've been recording a while. Um, I don't watch it. Reality TV. Yeah, I don't watch any reality TV. Sorry. Sorry if I've destroyed an image of myself here for you, for y'all. But it feels like a reality TV show. But with that, it's very. It's one of the best. It's It's the best reality TV show ever, if you can call it that. But um, PBG, the Peanut Butter Gamer Hardcore series, they often do um, Minecraft. They've done a few Terrarias. They've done DayZ. They've done one Diablo one. It's all pretty good. They have their regular cast of people that come on, and they always have like a couple guests or th more. You know, if one of the regulars can't make it, they usually fill in that spot with a guest. Anyways, this and that, this and that. It's an awesome series. It's hilarious. You should go watch it. The newest one. That was Mind Z was pretty good, too. Mick Jones had, like, an epic moment. I won't spoil it. It was pretty epic. Um, with that, I made... It was just a stupid thought I had. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is going to be hilarious. It's kind of trolly, but it's hilarious. I uh, did kind of a parody, satire, joke, excuse my language, shit post video of um, me being a drama channel or a news channel being like, hey, what's up, guys? Sensei Pong, all that kind of, this kind of voice, you know, that kind of thing, with some gameplay footage behind it, with some, I was talking about the PBG gameplay, hardcore, talking about, like, it, it, I chose a topic that I didn't feel like was, is important, you know, that's why I chose the PBG hardcore series, it's not like something that people are, like, blowing their lids off in society for, but it's something that I watch that I'm really into, I know, and the audience is really into it. The people that do watch it get really into it. So I figured, ah, this would be funny. So I did, like, a hardcore leaks and stuff, like, leaks for new guests, because he keeps that information pretty close to his chest and, like, quiet and all that. So one thing that started trending on the Reddit, the hardcore Reddit, was um, this uh, picture I got Birdie Berry to mock up of Keemstar. So now I'm trying to start a meme of hashtag Keemstar, number four, MCHC6, which is, if you haven't figured that the what that stands for, it's Keemstar for Minecraft Hardcore 6. So, yeah, that's that was hilarious. That made me funny. That was one thing I did. Anyways, I need to go. I've been recording for quite some time, and Mooka needs the room back. So, um... So, next time, hopefully this, uh... I can get this format down to a T for next time where I'm talking about the news. I cover some book club games. I talk about games I'm playing. I cover some games I'm interested in that are coming out that looks interesting to you. Kind of like a curated list of games that actually look good that I may or may not play myself, but I think look good. Uh, some news about myself, some news about the channel, 
just everything, you know? Just Let's just throw it all into one big giant podcast of me rambling into the void. So, to cover some of the stuff we covered before about the book club, next month we're playing... This is not correct. Yeah, I had something else instead of Splatterhouse 3. We're playing 20XX, which is available on PC and Steam for $15 if you haven't picked it up. It's a really good Mega Man game. Splatterhouse 3 on the Sega Genesis and Mega Drive, only because, you know, maybe maybe I don't get that Halloween episode, the extra episode in to set up the Halloween episode. So that's going to be our Halloween game to Splatterhouse 3 on Genesis Mega Drive. And finally, Paladins on PC, Steam, Xbox One, and PS4. It is free to play if you have any of those and you're able to run it. What's stopping you? It's free. Just pick it up. Just give it a shot. Yeah, I think if you like Overwatch and if you like Team Fortress 2, you might enjoy it yourself. It's pretty fun. So yeah. So let's just wrap this up real fast. Where can you find me if you want to hear or watch or see anything else I do? I'll have uh, links down below in the description. But you can follow me youtube.com slash Mr. Sensei Pong. Over on Twitter, I'm at Sensei underscore Pong. On Facebook, I'm facebook.com slash Sensei Pong. And I even have, um, I can't remember what the address is, but I do have a Steam Curator page as well. And if you think my idea of starting a new channel specifically just for the podcast, leave a comment down below on my YouTube page for this podcast or send me a tweet. You can also email me at senseipong at gmx.com. Anywho, I'm run out of steam. Mooka needs the room back, so I should probably go. In the meantime, I'm trying to think of a good tag outline. Let's let's not brainstorm that now. Let's, I'll try to figure out some good like uh, sayings, like my catchphrase. What's my catchphrase? Everybody's got a catchphrase. I need a good catchphrase. If you if you have any good ideas for catchphrases for me, leave a comment down below or send me a tweet. What's my catchphrase? Hashtag catchphrase. Podcast. 2017, 2018. Your mom. Licking scrub side. Um, yeah, until next time. It's Punk signing out. Black crap. <laughs>